my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today something different. The lovely, the talented Mrs. Haley Hamilton Kogel is on assignment, and that means you get me for the entire podcast. Talking movies, talking about specifically the Oscar nominations, and who knows what kind of cinematic language is going to fly out of my mouth in the next few minutes. So as we wait for the return of Mrs. Kogel, let's get started. The Oscar nominations recently released, and the list this year I think looks pretty good with a few exceptions. And number one is how in the world did Bradley Cooper not make the list of five for best director? It just makes no sense to me. And remember, you have to take one off the list to put one on. So let's take a look at all five nominees for best director. Uh, the one I really like here is Spike Lee. Spike Lee, who directed Black Klansman. And, and you know, uh, Spike has never won an Oscar for directing. And he's never, I think, even been nominated. He should have won the Oscar, should have been nominated for Malcolm X years ago. That's the one where Denzel Washington played Malcolm X, and he should have won the Oscar, and he didn't. I like Black Klansman a lot. And if there's, if there's a director that sneaks in here and possibly wins, it's probably Spike Lee. And then Yogos Lanthimos. So he's the Greek director who did The Lobster. And he, he this year, uh, directed The Favorite. And he's really good. And I think this is a well-deserved Oscar nominations. You know, the more I think about The Favorite, uh, the better it gets. It's female-driven. It's odd. It's peculiar. It's a period film uh, about Queen Anne. But he's really good. And this is a big jump up for him. So would I keep him in here? Yeah, because The Favorite's nominated for 10 Oscars. Uh, Adam McKay for Vice. I thought the first 30 minutes of Vice was not very well made, and then it just kicked in to be the movie that it was, I think, set out to be. So I'm a little on the fence here on Adam McKay for Vice. Um, Alfonso Coron for Roma? Absolutely. In fact, this year I think the winner, uh, hands down, and uh, barring a big surprise for Spike Lee, I think it will be Alfonso Coron for directing Roma. It's, it's, it's a spectacular job. He wrote it, he directed it. Um, he probably catered it, probably cooked for everyone. Um, he edited the film. He's cinematographer on it. He's nominated for that. And uh, But Roma, to me, is uh, one of the two by far best films of the year, and everything else after that, to me, is an, on, a, on a different level. So I'd keep Alfonso in there. And yes, I think Alfonso wins. And then Powell Palalowski, and I'm, I'm probably butchering his name. He's a Polish director, and he directed Cold War, I finally got around to seeing Cold War. And this is the big surprise. So when I saw that name, I went, oh, man, why not Bradley Cooper? And then I watched Cold War, and it's just impeccably made. It's in Polish. It's in a foreign language. It's shot in black and white, just like Alfonso Cuaron did 
with Roma, but boy, it's really good and it's powerful and it's just full of music and it's really interesting and it takes place right after World War II in Poland and then it flights around to uh, Paris and flights a little bit to Berlin and other countries in Europe, but it's a Polish-based film. You know what? I would probably keep him in there and I'd throw Adam McKay out for Vice. I just, I don't, I don't think it's Vice's year. And I think Bradley Cooper directs it. And and also Peter Farrelly uh, for Green Book was not nominated. So you got to take one out and put him in too. Watch Green Book sneak in and maybe win Best Film. That would be crazy if it did and the director wasn't even nominated. So I think it's Alfonso Cuaron to win that. I wish Bradley Cooper was in there. I'd take Adam McKay out and put Bradley Cooper in. And I'd put Adam McKay at sixth or seventh on that list of five. Now, best documentary feature. I, I love these films. And I, if you love movies, you've got to get into documentaries. And you have to look for them. A lot of them are showing up more and more now on Netflix. And, of course, here's the list. And it's the weirdest list. And, and I say this because every year the list for best documentary is a controversial list. You know, usually it's it's Michael Moore and whether his film's in there or not. And, and this year he's not anywhere in there because his film didn't really deserve it. But Free Solo is, I think, the one to beat. And it's about uh, climbing El Capitan in um, Yosemite National Park without ropes, without any device at all. And it's how this guy goes about to do this. It's about his life. It's still playing in IMAX theaters around the country and should be on demand probably this week. But boy, it's a crackerjack film. The other one is RBG, which is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and that's probably the most politically correct one to pick this year. I'd pick Free Solo over RBG. I think it's a better film, but they're both two of the five best documentaries of the year. The other ones are Hale County This Morning, This Evening, a film I haven't seen, Minding the Gap, which is a very good film, and Of Fathers and Sons, which I have not seen. You know what the big leave out here? And I think if this film would have been nominated, it would win. But it wasn't even nominated. It's won every award leading up to now is the uh, Mr. Rogers film called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Just find that film and watch it and be amazed at that film. That's your best documentary of the year. And after that, it's Free Solo that I hope wins and watch RBG sneak in there. Let's look at the best actress category. By the way, are you enjoying this one-way conversation? It's just all of you listening and me. And then Carl over here running the controls. So, you know, it's a, it's a big party for all of us. This would be fun for Haley to listen to because I'm sure she'll have a lot to say. Uh, best Actress, uh, I think it's the year of women this year. The, the women in all of these films are good. And there's quite a few that were left out. But I want to start with Yalitza Aparicio. She's the star of Roma. I think she just turned 24 or 25 years old. She's one of the youngest Best Actress nominees. And she's so good in Roma. She's a school teacher. She doesn't speak English. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron found her for this. It's shot in black and white. The more you watch her in this film, I mean, I'm going to ask you to do it. If you're listening to this podcast and somebody came to you and said, hey, you've never been in a movie, but I want you to star in maybe the best movie of the year, and let's go make it. Acting is a daunting task, and there's always a crew of a lot of people around, and it's not natural and normal to do it. It's, it's a very hard skill. And some people are very natural at it, but most people, it takes a lot of work and training just to get there. And she, she acts like she's, she acts like she's the nanny and the maid for this family. It's just, she's perfect. I love the idea that she's going to go to the Oscars and stand on the stage and go neck and neck uh, and toe to toe with Glenn Close and Lady Gaga. It, it, it just knocks me out that this sweet little woman is so good in this film. 
Uh, Glenn Close is the one to beat. She's won every award leading up to it. Two months ago, I would have said Lady Gaga. A month ago, I would have said Lady Gaga. And I wish actually Lady Gaga would win for this. But I think it's going to be Glenn Close, who has never won. She's never won a Best Actress. Multiple nominations. Uh, and she deserves it for this. She's great in The Wife. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. In another year, she would win. And a lot of us in America don't uh, haven't connected with Olivia Coleman that much. We've seen her in a number of films, but she's great as Queen Anne. And that's a female-driven film. And then Lady Gaga as A Star is Born and Melissa McCarthy and Can You Ever Forgive Me? And she's great in that. I, I think we all discovered Melissa McCarthy in some of these earlier comedies, especially Bridesmaids. But um, she's very good in a film uh, that's dark and difficult and odd and peculiar and true about a woman who's down on her luck. She's a published author and nobody will publish her next book. She's broke. She lives in Manhattan. And uh, she starts forging famous signatures in order to pay rent. And uh, her sidekick, uh, Richard E. Grant, is also nominated, and he's great. But it's, it's not Melissa McCarthy won't win. I don't think Olivia Coleman will win. I don't think Yalitza Aparicio will win. It'll either be Gaga or Glenn Close, and I think it's Glenn Close. You know who's left out? T- uh, Tony Collette for Hereditary, uh, a, a, a horror film. Uh, Emily Blunt was left out for A Quiet Place and Mary Poppins Returns. She's great in both. And Viola Davis was left out for Widows. Uh, and I'm okay. I'm okay with all of those because these five are just fine with me. A couple more and then we'll break up into small groups. Uh, by the way, raise your hand if you're still listening. Okay, thanks, all of you. Uh, best Supporting Actress, Amy Adams for Vice. You know, she could win this. She could sneak in. I don't think she will, but she's... She's the upset here. Marina Di Tavira for Roma, uh, the mother in that film. And she won't win, and I'm thrilled she's nominated. She's great. Uh, Emma Stone for The Favorite. Uh, she would get my vote as the best actress in The Favorite. They're all three great. Rachel Weiss in The Favorite. She's great. Uh, and then Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, and I think that's your winner. I think she wins for playing the mother in this film, and it's a great performance. And if, you see, if you've seen If Beale Street Could Talk, watch it a second time because it's a much better film the second time. It just takes a little while to get into its rhythm, but boy, she's great in that. Left out, Claire Foy for First Man, and Elizabeth DeBecky for Widows, who's really great. She's the tall blonde in that movie, and I had no idea who she was. She's been in some other things before, but she really is great in that film. And I love Aquafina. I love just saying that name, Aquafina. Uh, I just bought a case of it uh, the other day. I thought it's stacked in my garage. Aquafina for Crazy Rich Asians. She's really funny and good in that film. But I think this year it's, uh, I think it's Regina King. Uh, let's talk about music real quick. Uh, best original score. I'm always into the music scores. And if you love film, you get into soundtracks. And if you love movies, every once in a while, you just like to isolate the music and listen to it at home. And I do it a lot. Uh, not necessarily all the best songs, but the best music scores. And I think the score for Black Panther is great. I think it's great. I don't know if it'll win. Uh, the score for Black Klansman is great. I don't think that will win. The score for If Beale Street Could Talk fits that film so well that I think it could win. Um, and Isle of Dogs, which Wes Anderson always sneaks in there with a couple Oscar nominations. Don't think that has a chance. And then Mary Poppins Returns, which is a wonderful score. Um, I don't think it'll win this year. Um, it's just it's good to get a nomination. So I think it's either... Black Panther or if Beale Street could talk. And right now, I'd give it to Black Panther 
But either of those two will win. You know what's left out? Uh, Justin Hurwitz's score for First Man, uh, the astronaut movie about Neil Armstrong. I th- that may be the best music score of the year, but it wasn't even nominated. And then finally, before we take a quick break and talk a little bit about wine, the original song category, All the Stars, Black Panther, it's a Kendrick Lamar song uh, for Black Panther. Uh, that song could win. I'll Fight, the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It was written by Diane Warren. And if you know anything about Diane Warren, she's been nominated multiple times. Diane Warren wrote one of the greatest songs that no one knows. And it was for Norma Ray that Sally Field won the Academy Award. And it's a song called It Go- It Goes Like It Goes. It goes like it goes like a river flows and time just rolls right on. And maybe what's good gets a little bit better and maybe what's bad gets gone. It's just great lyrics. And I listened to that song. It's hard to find that song, but it's the theme song to Norma Ray with Sally Field. And man, Diane Warren is just... Jennifer Hudson sings this song too. The Place Where Lost Things Go, which is maybe one of the best songs in Mary Poppins Returns, Mark Shaman's song. And then the, the funny one that got in there from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, written by uh, Gillian Welch and Dave Rollins, who did this the score for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? and wrote a lot of those songs. Uh, it's called When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings. And it's just a funny, goofy, odd, peculiar song about death, about a cowboy dying, and then he's carried off with wings, and another cowboy takes his place. When a cowboy trades his spurs for wings. You know, the, the, the song Flat Out Will Win the Oscar this year is Shallow, which is written by Lady Gaga and Mark Ronson. And she will sing that at the Academy Awards with Bradley Cooper. And that's going to be a moment. I've heard that song a hundred times and I'm still not sick of it. And usually by now we're so sick of songs when you hear them over and over again. Ben, I can't get enough of that. Anyway, enough of me, but I'll be back. Uh, when we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, a look at the best actor, we'll look to a look at the supporting actor, uh, the best picture nominees, all eight of them, including Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther and Roma and A Star is Born. And we will be, or I will be, right back. Gary here again. In our travels, Haley and I have had the privilege of tasting some of the most delicious wines from all over the world. And we can tell you that the barrier to drinking some of the best wines on the planet isn't the price, it's access. And that's why we recommend WineAccess.com, where you'll find some beautiful wines like, well, for instance, the 2016 Arietta Quartet Sauvignon Blanc. This near impossible to find wine from Arietta was crafted by 100 point winemaker Andy Erickson, formerly of Screaming Eagle. And Arietta's wines grace the luminary wine list of Michelin starred restaurants like Per Se and The Modern, even the French Laundry, and the restaurant at Meadowwood in Napa Valley, one of our favorites. It's also a bargain. Get this $40 a bottle. Wine Access's dedicated team of experts taste over 20,000 bottles every year. Now, whether it's grapes from a family vineyard or the passion project of a legendary winemaker, they share the full story of what makes each bottle so special and delivers both the wine and the story right to your doorstep. And we want to help you discover your favorite new bottle of wine. So we've arranged this exclusive limited time offer with WineAccess.com. You're going to get 20% off these outstanding wines that are already at a great value. But to get the 20% off, you must go right now to our special website. Here it is, WineAccess.com slash Cogill. For full details, go now to WineAccess.com slash Cogill, C-O-G-I-L-L. 
And we're back again on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Haley, of course, is on assignment in Mendoza, Argentina. That's the land of Malbec. And more about her experiences and our experiences together in a few minutes. All I can say at this point is, wow, what a trip. But for now, let's get back to the recent Oscar nominations, beginning with the five nominees for Best Actor. It's a list I think is predictable, but the winner this year is not. For Best Actor, it's Christian Bale for Vice. It's a great performance. He gained about 40 pounds to play former Vice President Dick Cheney. He sounds like him. He looks like him. This is not a love letter to Dick Cheney. Uh, Cheney hates this film. His family hates this film. I totally get that. I think it's a really, I think it's an Oscar level performance in this film. And I'm going to say probably a month ago, I thought he would win and I still think he could. But right now I'm starting, it's starting to get down the list for me. Uh, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. If he wins and if he won on Oscar night, I'd be thrilled. I don't think he will, but if he did, I'd be thrilled. Willem Dafoe for it at Eternity's Gate. It's about artist uh, Vincent Van Gogh. I think it's just thrilled to be nominated, and and that's probably one of the good art house nominations this year. Everything else is pretty mainstream. Uh, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Um, he's great in that film. I I think the the nominate the the of the two guys, Mahershala Ali is the one that's possibly going to win this year. And then Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. You know what? I, I, that's, that's starting to get all the momentum because we have all these, a few weeks to go before the Oscars. And a lot of momentum happens in the last two to three weeks. And he, he's been winning awards. He just won the SAG Award. That kind of surprised everyone. Everybody thought Christian Bale would win the SAG Award, but he didn't. It was Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. And if you want to see him in something different, he was in the remake of Papillon. Papillon was a terrific, old, very difficult film with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman years ago. It's a prison movie. And uh, and the remake of it uh, uh, stars Charlie Hunan, Hunam and uh, and Rami Malek. So I, I watched that on a plane recently, and it's it's not a great film, but it's fun seeing the guy from Bohemian Rhapsody and something else. Also, Emmy, multiple Emmy winner for Mr. Robot. I think it's Rami Malek this year. It's either Christian Bale or Rami Malek with Bradley Cooper probably coming in third. You know who's left out here? John David Washington for Black Klansman. Should have been nominated. Which one would I take out? Uh, you know, probably Willem Dafoe. Ethan Hawke for First Reform could have been nominated. Ryan Gosling for First Man could have been nominated. But right now I'd put John David Washington in there for Black Klansman. I, I wished he would have been nominated. Let's go to the Best Supporting Actor. Sam Rockwell for Vice. He won for three billboards, I think, last year. Uh, won't win this year and probably thrilled to be nominated. Unlucky, I think, to be nominated for that. Uh, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, that's a that's a really good nomination, but won't win. Sam Elliott for A Star is Born. You know, every once in a while in the supporting categories, they honor somebody that's never been honored, and that that's where Sam Elliott would come in. And Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, who's never been nominated before. He's a British actor, and he's great in this film. He's just having so much fun going to the parties and all the lunches. Don't think he will win. And Mahershala Ali, which I always mispronounce his name for Green Book, but man, that's that's your winner this year. I think I think he wins, and he deserves it, and he's great. And if Sam Elliott sneaks in and surprises us all, that'd be great. But I think it's Mahershala Ali. Hey, let's talk about the cinematographer. Um, raise your hand if you listen to this podcast and you love great cinematography, because you know the way movies look and the way they're designed is so important. And when you when you start working on films and you work with directors and 
you start interviewing directors and actors, they'll always, their cinematographer is their number one person that they work with. And sometimes it's themselves. And right now, uh, cinematography is Cold War. And that was a big surprise um, because there's a bunch of films that were left out. I would put Black Panther in for cinematography. And it was, it was not. Cold War was, the Polish film. And, uh, it, and it's in black and white. And it's, it's a stunning looking film. So I have no I have no debate on that other than I think Black Black Panther should maybe have been in there. Maybe even Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, the favorite is up for best cinematography, and it should be. Uh, Never Look Away, and that's a film I have not seen. So that's the big one on this list that I'll try to see in the next two weeks. A Star is Born, of course. Just fantastic shot film, the way it looks. And then Roma, and that's your winner, Roma. It's black and white, shot in Mexico City by Alfonso Cuaron. Watch him win Best Director and Best Cinematographer. I'm not sure that's ever happened before, that a guy shooting his own film or or a filmmaker shooting his own movie has won both. So I think Roma's your your, your big winner this year. Uh, best Picture. Let's get into the big one here. Okay, there's eight of them, I think. Wow. Black Panther. You know, Black Panther is nominated for quite a few Oscars this year. I think it's also been left out of a few. I think that's a monumental film, Black Panther. I, th- I think all of a sudden we're going to have a generation of children who are, see themselves in movies for the first time, in this case, a superhero movie. And you can say the same thing about um, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Universe movie, about just diversity and opening up the, the world of movies to cultures that the, the movie business has not been open up to as much, especially in the, super, in the comic book superhero uh, world. And it made over a billion dollars, and it's just, it's just, I can't wait for the sequel. I'm a big fan of this film. I'm a big fan of Black Klansman, Spike Lee's film. I don't think it'll win, and I don't think Black Panther will win. The nomination both says a lot. But, man, Black Klansman, the more you watch this film, I've seen it twice now. I'll watch it a third time. It just gets better and better because it's so loopy, you know, and it's, it's about really bad people. It's about the KKK. I mean, it's about just horrible, awful human beings and it uses comedy to infiltrate them. And cops in Colorado Springs, and it's true, and it's interesting, and it just has so many interesting moments to it. And it'll scare the daylights out of you in places, too. Uh, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody is the one that's getting all the momentum now because everybody loves that movie. You know, they fired the director with three weeks to go, Brian Singer, and they had to replace him. So apart from all that controversy, that'd be interesting to see Bohemian Rhapsody win I don't think it will, but it could. Uh, the favorite, I don't think will win, but it's got ten Oscar nominations, um, and it's just a wonderful film. Uh, Green Book is the the other surprise that could sneak in, like Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think Vice has a chance, and I wish A Star Is Born had a better chance, but I don't think it does. But it's my favorite movie of the year to watch over and over and over again. But I think Roma's your winner. It's either Roma or A Star Is Born, and then. You know, sneaking in there could be uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book. So we don't know for sure this year. Not, not everything is a shoo-in, but I think Roma is pretty much your good bet. And it's a film that 90% of the people watching the Academy Awards will have not seen because it's in black and white and it's in Spanish. And you should. Take the time. Give it a little life. Give it some time. Drink a good bottle of wine and watch it because it's just, it's just a beautiful film. It just takes some patience on your part. You know, movies aren't what you want them to be. They are what they are. And sometimes if you go into another person's world, 
uh, do a little research, read a little bit about Alfonso Corona and why he wrote Roma. You can just Google all this stuff and look at an interview with him and then kind of get some background on why he's doing what he's doing, what water means in the movie, um, what the sky means in the movie, why this woman was so important to him in his life, this maid, this nanny growing up, why his, why his mother was so important. Um, and realize the movie's not all not about him. It's about the women around him in his life, and it's his tribute to them. It's just beautiful. And then pay attention to the way it just kind of goes from scene to scene, how he uses a camera, and you'll you'll be enriched by it. Roma's a beautiful, beautiful film, and I wish more people would see it. So anyway, those are my takes. I'd be interested in what you think too. I'm always interested in your th- what you think. But next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, uh, Haley has a lot to say about our recent trip to the land of meat and Malbec in and around Mendoza, Argentina. It's a trip that includes flying over the Andes Mountains, a monumental trip of beautiful wines, memorable winemakers, a cooking class, a Francis Malman restaurant, and my first visit to a spa in over 10 years. I'm just going to say my nails are in good shape right now. For more information on the films uh, that I talked about today, uh, you can follow our blog on cogillconsulting.com or through Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, you follow Haley on Instagram and Twitter, at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film, while Haley is always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time, us, together, on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.